Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. So you can see, you can see Joseph as he's describing these things. He's kind of smiling. He's smiling in an adoration uh, of God. He, he, you know, you, you, you can see him as, you know, his brothers are weaving death and God is weaving life and he, he's smiling. You can see, you can see him, you can see Joseph saying, go God, go God, outweave him, outweave him. All right. Now, this is how God took as his threads the very evil work that the brothers were weaving and he used it to weave a work of life. So Joseph turns now to his brother's because he just said this, right? He said in verse 19, am I in the place of God? And then he describes this, this incredible weaving, wonderful weaving that God's done to, in a work of life. So you can almost see him now, after you said verse 20, turning to his brothers and says, boys, you think there's any way that I could have done that? Am I in the place of God? Do you think there's any way that I could take the evil work of death and use it as threads to make a good work of life? Am I in the place of God? I mean, what a mighty God we serve. He might have sung that. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. So when Joseph looks back over, now over what he had done, Joseph had done in Egypt, in saving from starvation, one thing we see Joseph not doing is he is not sitting there and say. Well, now, let me just take a look at what I did here. What do you know about that? Wow, I guess I really did a great work here. I mean, I set up all this logistics to build all these storehouses throughout Egypt when there wasn't even the Internet to communicate with people. I collected all this grain. I distributed it all throughout Egypt. And now I think about it, I guess I really do deserve credit for all that. That wasn't Joseph. No. And that's not how Joseph saw it all. Joseph saw all that was against him, and, like his brothers, and Joseph saw how God made all that work together for good so, so he could do his work of deliverance. So when Joseph said, in, in verse 20, in, in essence, God wove it unto good, that's, that's a picture of Joseph giving God the glory. That's what it looks like when, 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 when a person gives God the glory. It's, it's specific. He didn't just say, well, to God be the glory and walk away. No, no, no. He's saying, no, no. To God be the glory because he wove this the evil into good. And so, and so that's what he's saying in verse 20. God wove it unto good. But there's another lesson in this for us. And, and it comes in, in um, there. And it says again, but as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it for good to save much people alive. There's kind of like a movement 
in that, in that statement, in those verses. There's a movement where, uh, uh, going from, from one to the other. There's actually four parties that Joseph is talking about. Who are the four parties in, in that phrase? As for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to save much people alive. Who's the first part, party? No. As for you, you, the brothers. Okay. Who's the second party? God. God meant it to good. Who's the third party? Who's the third party? Joseph. And who's the fourth party? All the people who have saved a life. Right. So those are the, those are the, those are, so Joseph, at first, he looks at the first party, who are his brothers, and he sees, okay, you're the ones who sold me as slave into Egypt. He looks at the second party, second party, you thought evil against me. Sorry, I got it mixed up. You thought evil against me. Okay, second party, Joseph. Doesn't matter. You can see it doesn't matter. Anyway, the second party is me. Okay, I'm the hurt one. I'm the one who really got hurt out of all this. And then he sees the third party, which is, who is God. And he, he turns his focus now, and, he, 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 and, and God who turned the curse into a blessing. And then he sees the fourth party, which is the great much people alive. I mean, you can almost see him doing this, you know, you, me, God. Anyway, <clears throat> so he looks at the first two parties, and then he looks at, and, 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 and he, which are his brothers and himself. When he's doing that, when he's looking at his brothers and himself, Joseph is in the bitterness zone. He's in the bitterness zone where he is in danger of becoming bitter at his brothers for what they did to him because all he sees is his brothers and himself. But then as Joseph turns his gaze to the last two parties, God and the many people who are alive, he leaves the bitterness zone and he gets into the gratitude zone. He gets into the gratitude zone. And, 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 and because when Joseph is in the gratitude zone, he's looking at God, he's looking at the people blessed, and he loses all the bitterness, you know, bitterness, and because he's just, he's in the gratitude zone, he's just so ready to, 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 to really thank his brothers, thank you, for making, for selling me into Egypt because you made me the instrument to look at all these people here, to save all these people alive. So in the gratitude zone, Joseph has, he doesn't have any time to waste, you know, getting mad and angry at his brothers. He's using his time to, to appreciate and praise God for what God did through his brothers. And that's a lesson for us. Because if we want to be like Joseph, we have got to move from the bitterness zone of seeing how others have harmed us and hurt us and are seeing ourselves being harmed and hurt into the gratitude zone of, of how God worked it all out for good. I mean, this is what happened to me in 1998 when, when I discovered how Nichols Diagnostics Institute, Nichols Institute, Nichols Institute Diagnostics, anyway, which was a subsidiary of Quest Laboratory, when I discovered that they were, <clears throat> in my opinion, killing dialysis patients, or let's just say harming dialysis patients with a faulty test they had, I set out to stop the harm to the patients by, by, by sounding an alarm that Nichols and Quest were, were killing patients. Apart from that, I was very well liked by them. So what happened was that in 2001, Quest Nichols bought a German patent for, for only one reason. They could sue me in scantibodies and, and for patent infringement. It dragged me through a, a, and the company through a court case for five long years in a patent court case that cost us $8 million, just in legal fees. And, and we didn't have that. And caused our bank, who we were relying on, to, to, to give us another $8 million to finish the construction down there in Takati 
just say, well, I don't know about that. So that was a real problem. And, and all the while, Nichols and Quest said, it's simple. We can settle. You give us $100 million or, or close down antibodies. So that was hard, and that hurt a lot. And there was so much stress that my wife got the blood clots in her legs from sitting in the court for five weeks with this uh, trial. But during those five years, when we were not mining the shop of scantibodies, God rained profits on us so that we didn't go into debt. And it, Well, we couldn't go into debt. No one would lend us money. But anyway, and during that lawsuit, I was so depressed, not because of what they were doing, but because because of the dialysis patients who were still being harmed by this test. And that's what motivated me out of my depression to go search on the Internet, and I found out, oh, there's a law. Thank you, Abraham Lincoln. There's a law called the Quitam Law that says that if you can prove that the government was harmed financially, you can file a case under seal, and and the government is obligated to investigate, which, of course, they they didn't feel obligated to investigate. In fact, I didn't think they were taking me seriously. All right, whatever. So in the middle of that lawsuit, I filed this Quitam lawsuit in federal court in uh, the Department of Justice in Brooklyn, and that resulted in Nichols taking a felony guilty plea. Nobody takes felony guilty pleas. That was the end of the company. They had to close it down. And then of uh, them bequest really paying $305 million because they cheated Medicare for a faulty test. Uh, That was the largest settlement that the government ever got for a faulty test. And, that, and then the government gave me $45 million, which I didn't refuse. But that enabled the Friendship with God radio program to go. That enabled the continuation of the uh, Creation Earth History Museum. That enabled the, 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 the school uh, down in Takati. And, and that enabled the summer blitzes to the Jewish people for the last eight years which literally meant millions of Jewish people now have, have, have heard the gospel one-on-one, one-on-one. So just like Joseph, I look at the four parties. I mean, first I look at the first party, it's just Nichols and Quest, how could they do that to me? They harmed me, they hurt me. I look at myself, my wife, and I say, oh, they hurt me. And, and as long as I stay in those two zones, in those two parties, I'm in the bitterness zone. But then I look at the third party, God, and I saw how he took care of the company and gave all that money to reach the reach the lost, and, 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 then, and then I look at the fourth party, the Jewish people who have heard the gospel, some have been saved, made spiritually alive, and when I turn my focus on the third and fourth parties of God and the Jewish people who receive the gospel, I'm able to move out of the bitterness zone into the gratitude zone, and that's when I pray to God, you just took care of the business, and that's when, when it came to me clearly from God, yes, you take care of my business, and I will take care of your business. And, and I said, deal. Okay. Now, we, as we've studied the life of Joseph, we've wondered, what's Joseph's secret for not becoming bitter of, of what he did? Verse 20 is Joseph's secret. It's a secret how he didn't become bitter. The secret is moving out of the bitterness zone into the gratitude zone by turning the focus and the attention away from those who harmed us and ourselves and to God and others who benefited from us being harmed. And by the way, when Joseph was talking about the good that God did through what his brothers did to him, it was not just the Egyptians that were safe from starvation because he was sold as a slave into Egypt. It was also his people. The Israel, they, they were saved. Not only were they saved, but they came down into Egypt like a nest, 
and they and and in that nest they 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 grew exceeding they grew into a very large people and 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 eventually they came out which is the subject of the next book Exodus but they flourished in Egypt and in in Israel would not have come into Egypt unless Joseph had been sold as a slave and there's one more benefit and and of course they 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 continue they they grow and they continue out of whom they become like a nest, out of whom comes the Messiah, the Lord Jesus. All this happens because Joseph is sold as a slave into Egypt. And one more benefit, which we see now, but one more benefit of Joseph having been sold as a slave into Egypt is that, is that, is that Joseph became an illustration of the Messiah, of the Lord Jesus Christ, who was also rejected by the same people. What a mighty God we serve. Okay, when you think about it, you think about it, what Joseph was saying there, Joseph could have said, boys, let's just not talk about it. It's just water under the bridge. Let the past be past, and let's look forward to the future. But that's not what Joseph did. As a matter of fact, Joseph really kind of said, oh, do you have to bring that up again? In verse 20, when Joseph said, you thought evil against me. Now, that's a little harsh, I mean, they're trying to, we're trying to move on in the relationship, and he's bringing up what they did. You thought, why do you think that Joseph brought this up and said this in verse 20? You thought evil against me. Why, you, why was it so important that Joseph say to them, you thought evil against me? Why do you think? In other words, it's so important that there can be no restoration of relationship between Joseph and his brothers until there is an acknowledgement of, of, of their, their offense, and an owning up to their sin. And, and that's really the same question, why it's important for a person to confess his sins to God before he's saved. I mean, you know, it, 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 why does a person have to acknowledge he's a sinner? It reminds me of a, of a Jewish woman who wrote us recently because she got one of those frequently asked questions book that, that I wrote in the... And look, it, 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 I mean, it's like, I hope that these are frequently asked questions. I know they're not, but don't tell them. I just tell them, you know, these are the questions you should be asking anyway. Frequently asked questions booklet, the Summer Blitz, Blitzers distributed this last summer. And so she got this, and she, she wrote a lot of questions. But she started off, she said, there's zero conviction, guilt, sorrow, or hatred for any sin in my life. How do I get to the point of hating my sin? of seeing myself as a sinner dying and going to hell. And then, next question. That was question number one. Just a lot of, next question, number, number two. Can I just hate my sin after Jesus somehow saves me? She asked a question. Okay, so good questions. So like as Joseph immediately brings up their sin, you thought evil against me, before there can be any total rest- reconciliation, there's got to be an acknowledgement. There's got to be an owning up to the fact that I'm a sinner before anyone can be saved. And, and, and for not hating sin and seeing self as dying and going to hell. I understand that. Those are needs. Those are sicknesses of not hating the sin. And, 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 but the Lord, is, he, he's got a big sign out in front of his place that says, open for business, come with your sicknesses. And so, and, and just like he helped that father who had a need also, when he cried out in Mark 9.24, Mark 9.24 Straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. So he says, I got a little bit of belief, but I got a whole lot of unbelief, help. 
It's just, it, it, and, and, and the Lord was actually saying to, to him, okay, just take a step. Just take a step forward. Like Fanny Crosby's hymn. It, it's a great hymn. Only a step to Jesus. Why not take it now? Come, and I, when I sin, confessing to him the, the, thy Savior bow. Only a step, only a step. Come, he waits for those. Come, and thy sin confessing, thou shalt receive a blessing. Do not reject the mercy he freely offers thee. So just as the lady did, and, and, and she didn't feel sorry for her sin, I mean, just as the lady said, said, she didn't feel sorry for her sin, but, but she has to at least acknowledge that she's a sinner, just like the brothers had to acknowledge that they'd done evil to Joseph. And this was the advice that God gave to Israel. He looks at Israel, he says, oh, they're, they're troubles, I told you, my friend. In Jerusalem, we're talking together as of last month, and he looks at me and says, Tom, I don't believe it, I don't believe it, I don't believe one word of it, Tom. Good close friend. And I said, I know, I know, I know. I said, you have a disease that's called unbelief. You, you got to go to God. He'll fix you for that. And this is what God told Israel in Hosea 5.15. Isaiah 5.15. God said, okay, I will go and return to my place till they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. So God understood that there's no heart of deep contrition. There's no heart of I hate my sin. And so God just says, just take baby steps. Just a little baby step. You know, and, and, and start with words. I'll give you the words, God says. I'll give you the words, he says, in, in Hosea 14.2. Hosea 14.2, and he says, Take with you words, and turn to the Lord, and say unto him, Take away all iniquity, and receive us graciously. Now, isn't, 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 isn't that how, how, how somebody come to the Lord? Isn't that what we do in the child evangelism Bible castle in Del Mar? I mean, we give the children the, the words to pray. I mean, I, we say to them the sinner's prayer. That we say, we say now, now, kids, say these words to God. Lord, please forgive me for my sins. And that's what God's doing here in Hosea 14.2. God is telling Israel the very words they should pray. Take away all iniquity and receive us graciously. Now, now we see how, how Joseph, he ends up by, 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 he's saying these things. He ends up this phrase in verse 20, the last part. As for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. So there he is. As it is this day to save much people alive. Now this shows how Joseph was really centered on this fourth group of, of the many people that were saved alive. I mean, Joseph could have said, well, you know, it's a terrible famine, and well, all that really matters is that I get, I get saved from famine. My family gets saved. Who cares about those Egyptians? They don't know God anyway. But that wasn't Joseph. That wasn't Joseph. Or, or he could have said, you know, if the Egyptians, they're predestined to be saved from famine, God will save them from the famine. If the Egyptians, if they haven't been elected to be saved from the famine, they'll die from the famine. And I'm not going to knock myself out trying to save the Egyptians because either they have or they haven't been predestined and elected to be safe from the famine, and I can't change that because that's all part of the sovereignty of God, and that's not me. He, but Joseph was not a fatalist. He was not a fatalist. He saw the need. He believed that he could make a difference, and he poured himself into saving the Egyptians. And this shows how Joseph was focused on what God was focused on as seen when the Lord Jesus said, in, in Luke 19.10, Luke 19.10, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. Let's rephrase it. The Son of Man has a goal and a purpose, and his goal and his purpose is to go look for the lost and, 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 and to, to, to save them. And, and that made Joseph, when he did this, 
he then became a partner with God in the work of saving life. And this is what Joseph, this is what Joseph made, made, this is what made Joseph so happy in life. He was very happy. It reminds me, I just got an email from, from two, two workers with Israel Restoration who are right now in Israel. So this morning, they write this. They just received the hot off the press. It says, we want to thank God. We want to thank God for giving us, giving us the, we want to thank God for giving us salvation and making us his servants. We are very humble for this great and wonderful opportunity. Mr. Kanner has given to us to be a part of this vision to outreach God's chosen people from whom we are all blessed, Genesis 12, 13. We are working our best to connect with those who God has placed before us day by day, connect with them in a way that a solid friendship is established. At the same time, we are looking for alternative ways for establishing these solid relationships, new places, different approaches to people, etc. We thank God for obtaining response back from our ADPs. We call that adoption discipleship plan. It means those that you're trying to win to the Lord. We, we have met with two of them and are going for our second meeting today. And we are continuing to maintain communication with most of them via social networks almost daily. We thank you for the support and understanding of the great task we all have in this mission in which we are all a part of, our adventure in Christ. We are open to suggestions. Please continue to pray for us, the ADPs in the ministry, that God may continue to strengthen us and use us for expanding his kingdom. That's a Joseph focus. That's a Joseph focus. He's looking, they're looking at the much people that they want to be saved. They want to stand like Joseph did and said, so look at all these much people that are saved. And so what they're working for and what would thrill them is to be able to say what Joseph said in the end of verse 20, as it is this day to save much people alive. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for being a wonderful God of life. And we thank you, Lord, how Joseph got it. And we pray, Lord, that you would, you would help us to get it fully as well and to give ourselves to be able to say, as it is this day, to save much people alive. In Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Reach Israel. Join Tom Cantor for the second annual Israel Restoration Ministries Jewish Evangelism and Training Conference in San Diego, California, February 22nd and 23rd at the Creation and Earth History Museum. 
Early bird registration, only $99, includes a two-day conference pass, meals, teaching, creation museum, and tabernacle admission, plus over $150 worth of equipping resources. Come hear Tom Cantor, Dr. Michael Brown, Dan Sered, and more on how we can reach the lost in America and Israel on February 22nd and 23rd. Call 619-599-1104, 619-599-1104, or sign up at ReachIsrael.com. That's ReachIsrael.com. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. Get into the Christmas spirit this year with the Friendship with God Christmas album and hymnal book. With over 50 different arrangements on holiday classics, this four-disc set features solo vocalists, group ensembles, and classical piano tracks, and is perfect for road trips, family get-togethers, and holiday parties. In addition to the audio CDs, you'll also receive a copy of the largest hymnal ever published. Containing over a thousand hymns and melodies, this hardbound hymnal book and CD set make for a great gift this holiday season. Order this Christmas bundle today for just $29.99 online at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information, call 619-599-1104. That's 619-599-1104.